Welcome to the wrestling podcast that's not just for wrestling fans. This is Smark and Friends on the Two Finger Guns Club Network. My name is Zach and I'll be your host. On today's show, I could introduce him simply as the Smash Wrestling Champion, but as prestigious an accolade that is, it would not do him justice to introduce him solely as that. He's also a producer, a YouTube personality presently sitting on nearly 15,000 subscribers supporting his career in rap. The Kevin Bennett joins me on today's Smark and Friends. Kevin is exceptionally talented in and out of the ring. He's held the Smash Championship since February 2019. Sure, the pandemic has probably padded that reign a little bit, but surely it's still a feat. And his music has afforded him some very unique opportunities, the kind of doors that open to you when you produce our Pokemon rap with over 300,000 views. Hell of a talk with Kevin. Here it comes, right after these messages, of course. Hey there, ladies and gentlemen, and everything in between, and welcome to the commercial. This is your friendly neighborhood rocket man, extorting you, if you have the time, and you find yourself in need of something to do, to please come back and visit me for Rocket Man Explorer Season 1. Or, if you just have a modicum of time, you can always go and follow us at Instagram and Twitter at RocketmanTFGC. Just stay tuned for more Rocket Man Explores action, because I will be back. Now back to your regularly scheduled and much better programming of Smark and Friends. Enjoy! Thanks for tuning into those messages, but we are back with the good stuff. Joining me over the World Wide Web from North Tonawanda, pro wrestler, YouTube producer, rapper, the Kevin Bennett. Kevin, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me on, my man. I appreciate it. It's good to be here. Yeah, absolute pleasure to have you. Lately, uh, when I invite a wrestler to the show, I check in with how far removed they are from the ring since uh, the pandemic started. But uh, in your case, I think I'm actually going to get an optimistic answer for once. So uh, so let's kick it off with some positive energy. Kevin, how long has it been since you've been in a wrestling match? Um. So to be honest, I, I've actually... I had a match a couple of weeks ago, um, but it was at my training school. So it was like for a taping. So it wasn't, you know, like uh, what I'm really used to. Uh, so, I mean, if you want to, if you want to talk about like an actual show, it's been over a year now. I think it was March 6th, 2020 that uh, I wrestled in Toronto, actually, I believe. Smash wrestling? Um, no, it was uh, a Megan boys show. The Megan Boys. Um, I forget what the venue was, but I was in the main event. It was me versus the Brooklyn Brawler. <laughs> I do have some questions about the whole Brooklyn Brawler experience. Absolutely, but this taping that you did, so it was more so just like an in-house kind of thing, just kind of like getting your feet back wet back in the ring, kind of whatnot. Right. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, like the. Like the guys that run the school, they also have a promotion. It's called uh, Daddy Yeah Productions. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. I'm afraid. But, of um, well, they, they they've been doing some tapings out of there, like uh, with some of their students, and um, you know, guys like Daniel Garcia and uh, Kevin Blackwood. You know, like all the guys I, I I've really uh, trained with. So I mean, this was like pretty much the first time, like yeah, first match within. I mean, we could just say a year, you know, and it was crazy because I didn't know how my body was going to feel, you know? <laughs> um, but it was like, you know, just getting back on the bicycle pretty much. I mean, it wasn't really, I wasn't too sore the next day. I mean, I, it was just kind of like, I just picked up where I left off, which was really cool. You know, I, I was really nervous about it though. Cause that's the longest I've ever went. 
without wrestling. So when I got back into it, I was, you know, kind of freaking out a little bit. So. <laughs> well, like you said, it's good to know that you can still ride the bicycle. It's still very much in you. Um, I understand that you worked with, uh, with Vinny moon, who you have worked with as a tag team partner as well. Like, was it good to, uh, like, I don't know how often you see Vinny, of course, but hope that was a worthwhile experience for the both of you. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. I see him a lot. Actually, I see him every week. Uh, we work out together and stuff. So he, he was actually my next door neighbor for quite a, a few years. And that's how I met him, actually. So, um, yeah, he was my first match back after being out of the ring for a year. So, and it was an awesome match. It was really cool. Like he, he's so good now. It, it was just, you know, it was good to, to work with him at least coming back. Absolutely. Uh, like, so yeah, let's rewind a year and talk about that Brooklyn brawler match uh, legend in his own right. Certainly uh, a path less traveled towards legendhood. Uh, but what was it like working with the Brooklyn brawler? I mean, it's crazy. Like I've, I've had a couple matches where, um, you know, I've, I've wrestled like the legends, like the old timers and yeah, every story, is, they're, they're always unique. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> a lot of them really like to tell stories, um, you know, from their career and things like that. So it's really cool to just kind of like sit and listen to them, you know, just like their past experiences and things like that. Like he was telling me stories about, like conversation he conversations he's had with the rock and you know just like oh you know the, the rock i i gave him like 20 dollars or something when he was like this age or or what i don't, I don't know just like crazy stuff but i'm just thinking you know it's so cool to, to just listen to this kind of stuff you know like the little kid in me at least um but yeah like the match wasn't anything too crazy because i mean he's up there in age now so uh, but it but it was fun, you know. It was it, it was really cool. He liked it. We had a good time. I mean, that, that's pretty much all that really matters at the end of the day. Absolutely. Feel free to name drop. Who are the other like legends that you were involved in attraction matches with? Um. So <laughs> I was in a tag match with uh, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, uh, the Hammer Valentine. Jesus, he. Hammer Valentine, man. I was like 17, I think, when I wrestled him. Or 18. I don't know. I, I was pretty young, but, man, he beat the piss out of me, dude. For an old guy, like, he, I didn't get anything. Like, that. it was the main event, too. And it was just, I think, 17 minutes of just getting my ass whooped by this old guy. He snapped my studded belt that I had. Um, I, I think I remember it, it was pretty much just like a kind of, you know, like, we'll see out there kind of thing. Like we didn't really talk before the match. We didn't really even talk afterwards. It was just got in the ring, kicked my ass, really didn't. I had no offense. Uh, same thing with the, the guy I was tagging with. It, I don't know. I'll never forget it. it. It was, I think it's gotta be somewhere online. I, I, I can't remember if it's still on YouTube somewhere, but yeah, that, that was a pretty crazy time. Right. On. And um, trying to think. Oh, I've I've wrestled Nunzio and Stevie Richards. I wouldn't say that they're like old timers, but I remember though that was like my first big like name match, and I was 16 at that time. Holy I wrestled, cow! Like, yeah. So Stevie Richards, Nunzio to like 16 year old Kevin Bennett, you know, and they're you know super in shape and everything. But 
it's just yeah i've I've been in a lot of uh situations where it's just like you know the little kid in you is just kind of looking at these guys like you know this is crazy you know but um i mean i'm sure there's so many more i can't even think of them i've been on so many shows with guys like that you know like i, I was on a show with the, the bushwhackers and just the <laughs> um the things that they say man jesus you're yeah. living a charmed life. You're living a charmed life with the uh, people you're surrounded with, certainly. Uh, and I, uh, you know, after talking about uh, Van Hammer, I don't want to like focus too much on matches in which you got your ass kicked. But uh, very recently, a WWE clip of yours kind of had second life. Uh, your enhancement match on SmackDown with Andrade. Uh, that clip of his, oh, his lethal spinning back elbow. You made it, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you made it look like, oh, so deadly. I'm not asking you to spill industry secrets or anything, but I'm very curious. Are you selling or did he just full on knock you down? Um, I remember, um, let's see. I mean, it's really weird. Like when you're actually like in it, you know, like going through the movement, you know what I mean? Like, um, pretty much the way like that my mind works is just like i don't know when i saw the the elbow coming like i didn't care if if it you know took an eye out i didn't care if it you know if i blacked out like i just know that uh i'm gonna just try to, to make it look as good as possible it looked like the man obliterated me you know and so i just pretty much get into that like i don't give a damn kind of uh mindset you know what i mean so like whatever happens just happens this dude, I knew he was coming in hot with that, you know. So I'm, I mean, we're on live television. Like, just, just bring it to me, man. You know. And then he, when he brought it in, it was there. It was hot. And I just remember, yeah. Like I'm, I would like to say that I'm good at selling. You know, like there, there's a way to, to do it to actually, you know, kind of make it look like, um, like I, don't, I look like you, you died pretty much. You know, I, I feel like it. There, there's a talent in that. So certainly, um, which is probably why they, they picked me to, to even be the guy that went up against them, you know, in the first place, which I, I, I take pride in it, but yeah, it was there, bro. It was there, but I might've added a little bit of extra spice to it just to, you know, um, add to it, I guess. But it's <laughs> yeah. Like Andrade always looks like a million dollars and that night on SmackDown, you made him look like 2 million. So like good on you, man. That was a hell of a, the hell of a taking of the elbow. I'm not taking anything from, from him whatsoever because the dude, like I, I'm telling you when you're on like national television like that. And uh, if you watch the match and like, you see that those stomps right, right to my face, I'm telling you, bro, they're legit. Like, People can say what they want, you know, about pro wrestling as a whole. But like when you're on national television like that and you're you're getting kicked uh, in front of that many people with as big of an audience as they have, like I'm telling you, those kicks are coming in hot. And I was feeling it, bro. Like, so <laughs> I'll never forget it. Like, I remember I had that moment um, just, you know, as I, they were coming down on me. I'm like, this is the big leagues, you know. I mean, like, as a fan, I always take exception to people dismissing wrestling as fake. I can't imagine, like, someone in your position actually taking these boots to the face and just dealing with some guy at home sitting on his couch saying, oh, I, it's fake, I can do that. Yeah, it's like there's a, there's a big difference, you know? Like, um, I don't know, like, there's an intensity um, that comes with pro wrestling that people just don't really, like, understand. You know, like, there's... I don't know, man. It, it, it's crazy. Like when you're in a match with, 
you know, we'll just say Andrade, you know, um, it's just, it's just, it feels like you're in a real fight pretty much. You know what I mean? Like it, I guess it, it depends on who you're wrestling. Like they used to say um, when they would wrestle Chris Benoit, you know, it felt like you were fighting, like you were le- legitimately fighting somebody. And I think that's the art in pro wrestling though. You know what I mean? Like there's good pro wrestling and then there can be terrible pro wrestling. The good pro wrestling is the stuff that, you know, like looks legit, you know, it's super intense and like, it looks intense because it is intense, you know, and it feels intense. It's crazy, man. It's like, it's legitimate. The athleticism of pro wrestling is you just can't underestimate it. And I feel like people would have to try it in order to really understand. Cause it's like, damn, when you get hit, with anything it's just like you know you're like damn we're here you know it's it's nuts aside from like honing your craft as a pro wrestler let's talk about the other huge creative endeavor in your life being rap music humble beginnings what did you grow up listening to what influences kevin bennett in studio so i got into hip-hop uh mainly because of my older brother my older brother, I always kind of looked at him as like a superhero when I was little. So um, anything that he listened to, I loved. So like, you know, like the Tupacs and the Biggie and, you know, Jay-Z, DMX, all within that time. I would say I was about, you know, maybe like seven, eight years old as he's like playing this kind of stuff. And um, what really inspired me wasn't just like the music that he listened to. You know, I wanted to be cool like him. I wanted to listen to all the music that he listened to and stuff. But uh, I remember he pulled a CD out and it was a CD that consisted of a couple of his friends that had a rap group that made their own music. So I was like, huh, you can actually make your own music. Very interesting. Um, And I was always a kid that loved to draw, you know, just like kind of make make stuff like make art, just be creative and every time that like his friends would come around. Um, yeah, I, it was kind of like, I was like starstruck. I'm like, these guys make actual records. Like I, you could pop their CD in and their songs will play and they're good. You know, I was like totally mind blown. So I wanted to, I wanted to try it. And I think it kind of blends in with uh, the pro wrestling aspect as well, because at the same time I was a big pro wrestling fan. So about like seven, eight years old. And, um, I loved the pro wrestling themes, like theme songs were just uh, like when we would go to like to the music store, for example, like if my parents brought me to the music store and like if I could find any sort of like wrestling theme CD, like I'm making my parents buy it for me. I have a whole collection. (laughs) I got a whole binder, you know, all those, uh, the volume one, two, three, all of them. WWF Uh, aggression. Yeah, dude. Yes. A (laughs) hundred forcible entry, all those. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, that was another thing is that I, I always wanted to kind of like make my own theme song too, you know? So uh, I was always just big into the heavy guitar riffs, you know, like the Steve Austin theme was just like the hardest guitar riff of all time. So like, I, I wanted a theme song like that, you know? So I had like a keyboard. Um, It was just, you know, just like a, little kid like keyboard nothing special but it had like an electric guitar instrument on there and you know i'd pull it up try to make my own riffs and you know there'd be a button where the drums would kick in and things like that so like all meanwhile like i I just love 
theme songs. And then, you know, I got these superhero rappers that um, I look up to now. So it's like, it's all just kind of blending together here. So I, I just wanted to make music, you know, make my own theme song and rap kind of thing, you know? So, um, so yeah, ever since dude, like it went from just playing things on the keyboard uh, to stepping up to like, I think my first computer that I had, it was like a Hot Wheels computer. Um, <laughs> it really weird. I think it was like, a computer to like that hot wheels racing game i don't know it was like a whole hot wheels like set i don't know what what the hell that's how old this computer was but um i remember the first software that i had it was called hip-hop ej it's a very just like random thing i think you could just like throw drum loops in there but you could also record uh your voice on it so i think around that time i might have been like 10 or 11 so just as time uh, progressed i just yeah like i never let it go i just wanted to keep making music and and research and just do everything myself so i never like looked to anybody to like you know make me beats or really help me any any way at all um you know and then when i got like a hold of the internet and found out google and youtube and all that it was a wrap it was like i was pretty much just taking myself to college and just um learning everything uh, like, I don't know music theory. Like, I was in band, you know, like, played the saxophone and, like, did percussion and things like that. But I never I never really understood uh, music theory and, like, you know, reading music too much and uh, chord prog progressions, really. Like, I, it's all just by ear. So, um, yeah, it, it's crazy, man. Like, I, as far as, like, influences and, like, where I get inspiration, it's it's just, like... I just kind of go with the times, you know? So then like when I first started recording music at that age, I was like 50 cent was the hardest dude ever. So I just wanted to be like 50 cent. <laughs> like I start, I was dressing like, um, like I was getting, you know, big t-shirts and fitted hats. And like, uh, then after that, it was like little Wayne was cool, you know, like, and I would, I would just take pieces of different artists that I, that I loved and that all my friends love too. And then I just, it just kind of ended up, uh, it was like a snowball effect kind of, you know, like rolling down the hill, but we, we're picking up more snow as the momentum picks up. So it's like, we got a little bit of 50 cent in here. We got a little bit of mob deep. We got a little bit of, um, you know, and then it, it's just weird how it turned out. And, you know, I just ended up getting really good at um, making beats and recording and just rapping. And I started doing hip hop shows and like the whole nine, man. So it's like, it, it's, it's weird because it feels like I was just a little kid yesterday, you know, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's funny that you like, you mentioned like these, these hard rappers like 50 cent and, and most depth, but you've kind of like gravitated towards the subgenre of, uh, of nerdcore rap. Uh, what was it about nerdcore oh, that man. eventually pulled you in? Yeah, I knew that we were going to jump into this, bro. Well, I had you, to. I mean, like you're you're you got viral nerdcore tracks like the Pokemon rap, Waluigi versus Smash. Like, you, like your yeah. music gets around. So th this is a very interesting story here. Yeah. So so like most artists, you know, it's not it's not easy to get your music out for people to listen to. You know, what I mean, like. 
I mean, I first started getting fans, I think, at, at around like 2013, 2014, because that's when I first started, you know, getting into hip hop shows. I was a part of a rap group. We were getting into social media. We were like mass following people. We actually got people to listen to our stuff, you know, and I'd like to say that my music was, you know, not the greatest, but um, I had a style. It was somewhat unique. And, um, you know, it was all just a part of a learning process, just, you know, trial and error, getting better uh, at making music, but, you know, getting fans along the way, people that actually supported you. Um, my rap group ended up falling off. You know, I tried to do things um, solo and I was always just kind of trying to think ahead of the curve, just kind of like, I don't know if I just make a song about just, okay, well, I'm me, I'm Kevin Bennett. Let's talk about how, uh, I'm depressed sometimes or whatever. I, I drink and I party with my friends, like whatever. All these, these are songs that you hear all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, is that really going to make people click, you know, on my, on my song, unless they're like my grandmother or my aunt, like, all right, here's Kevin's song. You know, they, they only care because they're my family or my friends or they know me, you know, typically if I see an artist on my timeline and it's just like, Oh, Johnny Smith, his new hit single, like party, you know, like I'm probably not going to click on it. I'm and I'm just being honest, like it not nothing against them, but it's just like it that kind of stuff doesn't really grab people's attention anymore, especially nowadays, like nobody wants to like pay attention for very long. You know what I mean? So it's like you gotta if you're gonna get people's attention, you gotta do it right. And as a solo artist, I was always trying to think that way, whether it be just like making a what was it? the first one that that uh, was a viral i guess it was a pokemon rap so yeah. i tried to look for a trend yes i tried to look for a trend um even whether it be just like a remix of a popular song or something like the hot hot song of the month you know everybody's listening to it here's a remix and people do look that up you know sometimes or or uh, they'll click on it just because it's a song they like but this time around yeah i was looking for like a trend like for something that just you know people uh, we're into what, what was like the hot thing. So Pokemon that it was 2016, I believe Pokemon go, the game just came out and, you know, I, I, I didn't think anything was going to come of it just because I've been, made so many songs that have not gone anywhere at all. So I was like, you know, maybe we'll do a little bit of a twist to it. Well, um, it'll be a Pokemon song, but I'll, I'll, I'll make it interesting as far as, wrapping all 151 of them like in order and then try to you know come up with like some clever uh punch lines like with their names and stuff but do it all in order so like you know like that's interesting it's like you can kind of play a game with that you know like going through it just just to see like if i missed anybody or you know just go through the whole list it's like a five minute song you know so um so i did that and i remember i uploaded it at, like on a wednesday at midnight and the thing blew up, man. Like it didn't even take, it didn't even take like two minutes for it to start just going. And I've never seen anything like that before. I'm like, this is it. I'm like, I did it. You know, <laughs> and I had no idea. Like I thought it was just going to be another one of those songs, but I finally did it. And man, I had all these people contacted me, all these viral pages, 
you know, it was running up all these numbers on YouTube and um, Facebook. And uh, I was getting all these subscribers. I was like the Pokemon guy at that time. <laughs> and then, but that's the thing. Like when they see me and, you know, rapping about Pokemon like that and um, like I'm, I'm developing a name from this project. It's like I, I have to take on that label. Right. So it was like I turned into the, the Pokemon rapper for a little bit. And then that part of me is just like, you know, like the negative uh, part of my subconscious is kind of like, well, do they even really care about my music? Like they're, they're only here for the Pokemon for for one. Um, I, I don't even like I mean, I like Pokemon, but it's like I'm not like a freaking like I, I, I don't die by Pokemon. Like It's not like my huge thing like i loved it as a kid but it's like you know i don't you don't see pikachu all over my house like it's just not how it is like i said i'm trying to just get people's attention here yeah like yeah, it's it's a smart click, move. yeah it's just like marketing you know what i mean so then it was like I, i'm not really the pokemon guy but i have to be right now so that song happened and then i just kind of used that as um a way to continue to make more music and, you know, the people that were coming for that song, you know, would check out some of my other stuff and then, you know, hopefully stick around and then just become fans of me, um, despite what I, what I rap about, just based off of the talent. And that happened. You know, I got, I got a lot of fans. And um, I think it was not until 2019 that um, I had this company reach out to me. They're, they're called Mast, who do the animations for, um, you know, the Waluigi tracks and stuff like that. And they told me, they told me that they saw the Pokemon rap, but this is years later, you know, um, they told me that they saw the Pokemon rap and they're very impressed. And they were wondering if I, I would be interested in doing a project for, you know, one of their animations. So I was like, hell yeah. I mean, that sounds awesome. I look at their channel. It's got like, Two million subscribers i'm like here we go you know it's yeah. sweet and yeah but like i noticed like it was video games and things like that and then once again like it's in my head just kind of like oh, well here's the pokemon guy label again you know like whatever um but they they ended up asking me if uh i like super smash brothers and that's one thing about me like if we're going to talk about video games Nintendo 64 is a hundred percent like that is my video game console. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. Like Nintendo 64, I just roll with that even to this day. Like it's, it's in the back there somewhere. I still play it to this day. Yeah. Um, I'm not like a PlayStation guy, Xbox. I don't even know how many Playstations there are. PS5. I think that's the last one that came out. I don't even really know, <laughs> but N64 is like my thing. It's like an, maybe a nostalgia thing too. Um, but when they said Super Smash Brothers, that's all I'm thinking of is like the N64 type of thing. So I'm like, yeah, uh, of course. Like, I love that game. That'd be great. So they gave me the whole outline. They're like, this is, um, pretty much the story we want to tell. And we think that you're the guy that can tell it. So they gave me like bullet points and, um, they let me make the beat and pretty much just do whatever I wanted. So I wrote the entire thing. I just tried to get as like, you know, vivid as I possibly could. And then, um, and they animated to it, man. It was like the craziest thing because, like, you know, nobody's ever done that with one of my songs before, but 
the project was so big, you know, like it, it the part part three ended up hitting the YouTube trending list. It was like number 16 on the trending list. So like right then and there, bro, like I was deemed as like the Waluigi rapper. So it was like from there to now, like I'm, I'm a nerdcore rapper. Like there's, there's no way around it. So I had to embrace it. And, you know, I, I love Nintendo. I grew up with Mario and, and stuff like that. And, um, I don't regret it, dude, because this becoming a nerdcore rapper has been the, the most fans I've ever gained, the most respect I've ever gained in music, and the most money I've ever made in music. So it's like I'm, yeah, I'm a nerdcore rapper, bro, but I was, I was not supposed to be here. That's pretty much how it is. Like I, I was just kind of adopted into nerdcore. Sure. So, well, hey, yeah. There's there's certainly worse worse paths out there, and that's really cool that you found something that's so, you know, worthwhile. You know, like you're clearly paying bills with this, which is just like absolutely incredible. Uh, like, let me ask you, like, nerdcore rap, uh, your specifically your nerdcore rap is uh, is very Nintendo heavy, obviously because of the projects that you're involved in. But frankly, it seems that like a lot of nerdcore does lean in favor of Nintendo uh, over other consoles. Uh, just wondering if you have any thoughts of like why you think that might be. I'm not sure, man. Like, I mean, the nerdcore that I'm very familiar with and like a lot that I follow, and it's really weird because um, a lot of the nerdcore that even even like most of the songs that I've done, I've been on a lot of like col uh, collaborations with other nerdcore artists that are huge into to anime. And uh, I personally, I don't really watch anime. I, I don't know if you do. Are you, are you familiar with like any animes or anything? No, yeah. not particularly. Not yeah, right. But like, you know, Dragon Ball Z, obviously. Of course, right? yeah, like, yeah. I mean, that's like, you know, as a kid, I like that. So once again, like if we had to talk about an anime, like Pokemon and Dragon Ball Z is all I know. But um, the biggest, like, yeah, nerdcore um, genres, yeah, are like, you know, Nintendo, which I've seen. Um, and then anime, like it's, it's just insane, bro. And like, um, I think that's the biggest, that's the biggest, um, subculture in nerdcore is the anime. Cause like, I've been on tracks where it's like, there's, there's been these, uh, anime rappers that will ask me to be on knowingly that I, I don't really watch anime, but they will like ask me to be on. And like, if I could just like kind of research the show yeah. and like the the characters and stuff dude and these channels are huge like there's one channel i just wrapped on it has a million subscribers like the guy is making serious money he comes out with a an anime rap every week i was on uh two of his songs now and um it's just it blows my mind because i never realized uh how popular anime was and the people that listen to the songs, they're so loyal to your music that it doesn't matter what you put out. Like yeah. you could, bro, I could just, you know, say gibberish in the microphone, throw it up, you know, it, with nothing, no background music, no anything. These comments are just going to, they're going to love me. You know, I, I don't know <laughs> what it is. These people have one, you're in the nerdcore, bro, they welcome you with open arms and they are there to stay. You know, so, um, I mean, I'm not the biggest anime fan. I, 
can't say that I ever like will be a huge anime fan, but I'm considered like an anime rapper, bro. And it, it's crazy because I feel like a fraud in a sense, but it's like, it's clear that you're doing it with respect to these, these sub genres and whatnot. And, and again, like as a creative, like collaboration is so key. So like it, it was smart of you to like jump in on the Pokemon, uh, like when your Pokemon uh, video was as popular as it was to like follow that trend just as it's smart to be collaborating with the with uh, nerdcore anime rappers absolutely smart move yeah exactly and it, like there's a lot of the big artists you know like they they're all very familiar with me um and i i've seen you know some of them like talk amongst each other saying like oh you know kevin bennett he, he doesn't really um know too much anime or whatever but they they're totally cool with it so it's not like i'm just like some like you know, intruder coming in here just trying to steal everybody's clout. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, like I totally, I respect the whole thing. You know what I mean? I've watched animes and stuff. Like, I don't hate it. You know, I, it's not like I, it's not like it's the worst thing ever. It's just, you know, it's not like, you know, my favorite thing in the world. Yeah, I it guess. didn't grab you and that's fine. Yeah, exactly. You know, but um, I mean, I'm sure it's going to grow on me because it's like I'm, I'm in Nerdcore and it's like I'm not going to be leaving anytime soon. You know, so, um, yeah, it's crazy, bro. Like, it's totally flipped my entire, like, music career. And I, I don't want to say that the pandemic was a good thing, but it, as far as, like, just my music career, bro, like, it, it totally helped me, like, in life-changing ways. So it's, like, it's uh, it, it's been awesome, dude. And I'm really excited to see what is, else is to come this year. Absolutely, man. Uh in the ring, uh, like rap is so ingrained with your character. You're the remix. Uh, you make diss tracks on your opponent. You come to the ring weighing in at 195 beats per minute, which might be my favorite gimmick weight in wrestling. Uh, so well done on that. But flip side, uh, do you feel that wrestling uh, ever influences your music? And I realize that might be a, a big stretch when it comes to producing nerdcore music, but I wanted to ask all the same. Um, it does help uh, because there's a lot of like fighting bars and stuff that I'll have to come up with for some of these projects. Like, like, you know, the, um, like the, we'll just use the Waluigi tracks, for example. Um, uh, I, I even did a Ninja Turtle cypher recently, you know, and I did, I did like uh, a Hulk Hogan bar in there. Um, <laughs> it's just like, it's random stuff. Like people, it, it, they're like generic bars, I guess. Like anybody could say, you know, even you know, guys that aren't even uh, wrestling fans really sometimes will use like an Andre the Giant bar or something like that, you know, but it's like, um, that's what makes writing and music cool is because like, just, you can analyze lyrics any way you want. So like some people that do know me, you know, will look at that bar like, oh, okay, you know, that, that was like a funny like Hulk Hogan bar, but it's like the dude is a wrestler, you know what I mean? So it's like, it, it means this, but it also is like kind of, hey, like I'm a pro wrestler as well. So yeah, it definitely it it helps as as far as yeah creativity goes, and um, um, I mean I probably can't say too many wrestling move names in in some of my songs just because people probably won't even know what the hell they are like uh, yeah. Burning Hammer, you know like <laughs> go over a few heads. Certainly. But yeah, it, it, yeah, but it definitely helps, man. Like I want I want to do a pro wrestling rap cipher where it's like I got people that aren't even. Um, that aren't even wrestlers just on it, but like, you know, everybody kind of portrays like a, like a legend or something. Like, I, th I think that would be too. sweet. That would be amazing. You know, like it would, wouldn't that, it, that would pretty much be taking like the, 
the nerdcore type of um, style in a sense. Like they do ciphers all the time. So it's like they, for Pokemon, you know, there's people that do like, oh, fire Pokemon cipher. And everybody's got like their own uh, assigned Pokemon. But I could do like, you know, high flyer cipher or something. And, you know, it's like, I'm Jeff Hardy. And like, we got Rey Mysterio <laughs> spitting bars over here, you know, but you could do so many different things, bro. And I don't even think that's even been done to be honest. So, uh, so yeah, I, I might some do something ground. like that. Think, yeah. Break some ground. Yeah. I think that would be cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. If it wasn't clear that you're just like, you're, you're a force of nature, dude, working in these two very demanding creative fields. Uh, but even on top of that, even on a quick glance of your Instagram, shows you're a very involved family man, you're a proud papa. How on earth do you find time for not, not one, but multiple creative careers while taking care of what's important? Uh, it's definitely not easy, man. It, uh, it, it can be very hard. We'll just say, like, I really don't have free time as far as, like, going hanging out with friends or just doing, like, what I want to do. Uh, you know, like, there's... The days of just like, hey, man, I'm bored, you know, want to play a game like th those days are gone and over with. And I'm happy about that, to yeah. be honest, because like I, you know, I'm, I'm doing things I love. But, um, yeah, I have this daughter. She's she's awesome. You know, like uh, it, she's just so much fun, too. It's like, I don't know, I, I have so much going on at once, but it's like there's never a dull moment at all. So it's like, I mean, I still have a full-time job. Like I'm, I'm still working like 40 hours a week normally at a normal job. Um, but luckily I get to actually do my um, music at this job. So it's like, I, my life is set up so perfectly right now. So it's like, I have my time to do all that, like my computer stuff with my music as well. And then I have to find time like to, you know, work out like with training and everything like that. And uh, still being in shape, obviously. Um, so it's like, I, I really have to like make a, a schedule because it's not the easiest thing in the world. We don't have like a babysitter. It's kind of like, I, I work, I do my thing. Um, my girlfriend, she goes to work, she does her thing and we kind of like take turns and make it work. And, um, you know, my significant other, she's like the most supportive person ever. She basically like, um, makes her schedule like around me. Cause I mean, she, she knows what I'm trying to do, but she's a business owner as well. So she's very flexible with what she does. So we're very like, um, independent, you know, we're very driven to, you know, go and get things ourselves, you know, like that's pretty much where we want to be. We both want to just be kind of, um, not like really relying on anybody else to like put food on the table, you know, like we go out there and, um, do what we love and uh, take care of our family doing it. So, I mean, it's, it's not easy, you know, balancing all these things, but um, like I said, I mean, I don't, I don't have time to really just go and hang out with anybody. So it's like, I can, I, I, I still make it work. I don't have any free time, but you know, it, it's been working, man. And uh, you know, I've been stacking money. I've been doing pretty much everything that I can just to further myself. So um, I've had more time since, you know, the pandemic and I haven't been wrestling as much. So, I mean, but that's, you know, obviously we've seen results with, with the music just because of that. I mean, at the end of the day, I don't have too much free time just because I choose to not really have much free time because down the road, you know, I want to be sitting pretty. So we grind now 
and um, things are going to be looking good down the road. So, yeah, I'm having a good time doing it as well. Beautiful, man. I am happy to hear that. That is so well said. Last thing I kind of want to hit you up with, prepared a little lightning round. Uh, you see, you come from a long lineage of people who are both involved in wrestling and rap. So I have a few names for you. I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm going to ask you how you think you'd fare in a rap battle against this particular person. Down? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Got a few names for you. First one's very obvious. You knew this name was coming. John Cena. Oh, how would I do against John Cena? Yeah. Walk in the park, my man. Walk in the park. Our <laughs> uh, truth uh, Yeah. I mean, same thing, man. Walk in the park. Okay. Totally. Okay. Um, even more even more so than, than John Cena. Oh. Even more so than him. <laughs> from, from AEW tag team, the acclaimed Platinum Max Caster. We actually have a song together that I have yet to release. Oh, shit. Is this an exclusive? Are we breaking news on the podcast? Yeah, I don't think many people know that. Because originally it was it was supposed to be a cypher, but a lot of people okay. dropped out of it. So it's it's just... It was just me and him, and I, I just never got around to releasing it. So I'm just waiting for, like, the right time, I guess, to release it. But, okay. Um, Please let uh, me know. But 100%. I, I would 100% battle him, for sure. And <laughs> um, I, I think he respects me and, and the the music that I make. I think he's a Kevin Bennett fan. I think right he is. <laughs> <laughs> Insane clown posse. Oh, man. How would I fare against them? I'll walk <laughs> in the damn park. I'll walk <laughs> in the goddamn park. Uh, two more names for you. Next one, WrestleMania Zone, Bad Bunny. Oh, man. He's a big artist, bro. He's big. He's big. Yeah, he's – yeah, he's uh, – I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to say I wouldn't, like, fare well against him, but, I mean, like, I got respect. Lots of respect because that that's, like, a real – you know, music industry name right there. Legit. Uh, so, I mean, that would just put me on, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> maybe I could get all his fans over to my YouTube channel. Uh, hey, that'd be a coup. <laughs> uh, okay. <Yeah. laughs> Bad Bunny's big, but here's the final boss of my lightning round. Kurt Angle. Oh, man. Yeah, we'd have <laughs> some fun with that one. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, I don't know, man. He, he'd probably just, he would destroy me. That'd be it. <laughs> It's important to stay. You already know if if that happened. Yeah, you already know that if we had a rap battle, everybody would take his side, hundred <laughs> percent. Kevin, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me on the show today. Uh, before I let you go, I got two calls to action for you. First, please let the audience know where to follow you on social media, and of course, where to find your music. And secondly, you brought one of your tracks with you. I'm going to invite you to introduce it to play us out. Sweet. Yeah. So everybody, please. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram. The Kevin Bennett. The reason I call myself The Kevin Bennett is because there's a country artist. For some reason, all my songs were going under his artist page, and I was getting tired of it. So I had to be The Kevin Bennett because there's only one like me. It might be a common name, but you know there is only one Kevin Bennett that is a wrestler and a rapper. Uh, so yes, please, The Kevin Bennett on Twitter, on Instagram. Um, you know, type me in even on Google. I, I, I come up on Google, Apple Music, Spotify, the whole nine. Just type me in and I will come up. 
And uh, yes, the song that he's going to be playing, I just released it last week. Uh, this is called Cruel. I made the beat. I wrote the lyrics. I recorded it. I mixed it. I mastered it. I put it out. I marketed the thing. And it's out live. So yes, please listen to this song because it is a banger. already know what I'm here for yeah. When they have what I want, then I'm just gonna take it Be like a machine, cause I'm geared towards yeah. Getting work done right on a repeat basis Not a vacation, we going places Homie, get the rarity flow, that's oasis Basically, gonna be taking over what you claim Cause I rain like the sky when it's gray with a crown to cape hey. Got a couple cronies that be doing that dirt All they want is cigarettes and the farm grade perks Five or six plugs like a white bar outlet We don't let them drive cause the car will get searched I see more scales than gators and crocs Dang a little treat in their face, they licking their chops Now nah, they're becoming ready or not, they hit up the spot The day that you can finish the bar you sit at the top. Yeah. Okay. They ask me why I gotta be so cruel. Why? Long as I'm in the throne, we go by my rules. Alright. Obey to the king, or you get our rule. See you when a wild crocodile when you you take advantage of the power and the act so cruel. What's up? They ask me why I gotta be so cruel. Why? Long as I'm in the throne, we go by my rules. Makes sense. Obey to the king or you get outruled See you in the wild, crack it down When you meet, you take advantage of the power When we act so cruel Both of my eyes so bloodshot Maybe it's a mixture with the booze and now I chug last Sleep a couple hours, waking up before the sunrise Bringing in the bridges like the owner of a sub shop Open the mouth wide, gonna be great fan Getting fan, they're gonna recline In the meantime, my track's stranding Overnight, I'm about to stack bands Only time I lift a finger when I do the Monty Burns hand gesture Speak to you direct, then it's yes sir Jumping on the floor, better be diving in the head first Expert, now I've come to notice that I spit so nice That you be thinking I'll be rapping in a dress shirt I'm so malevolent in the bed, it's like a gremlin predator with a pentagon Man, no one needs a medicine I laugh at the pain of my foes Me biting their neck is me cracking their joke <laughs> yeah. They ask me why I gotta be so cruel Why? Long as I'm in the throne, we go by my rules Alright Obey to the king or you get our rule See you when a wild crocodile when you You take advantage of the power and the act so cruel What's up? They ask me why I gotta be so cruel Long as I'm in the throne, we go by my rules. Makes sense. Obey to the king, or you get outruled. See you in the wild, crack it down. When you meet, you take advantage of the power. When we act so cruel. That was Cruel, a rap dedicated to the dastardly King K. Rule from my guest, the Kevin Bennett. Hell of a conversation we just had. Kevin, if you're listening back once again, thank you so much for your time, my friend. Uh, if you like what you heard on today's podcast, head over to ratethispodcast.com slash smartandfriends. Leave us a kind word. Throw us some stars, maybe a whole meteor shower it will be very much appreciated. Follow us on social media at Smark and Friends on Twitter and Instagram. And of course, follow the Two Finger Guns Club on Facebook. That's where you're going to find all of the TFGC content. That includes Smark and Friends, of course, Foulmouthed, and Rocket Man Explores. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We're going to be back next week. Till then, friends. This has been a Two Finger Guns Club production. Pew, pew.